Alright guys, welcome to episode 34 of the Different Animals Podcast. It's your boy Tyler. And I'm Ever Castro. And today we're going to be talking about some things we've been watching, our favorite fight scenes in movies, um, possible, you know, talk about maybe these gifts we got for Christmas, um, and anything other than that, we'll just be shooting from the hip, playing it fast and loose this week. But mm-hmm. first... Let's start with what we've been watching, as always. Mm-hmm. Um, if you, if you want to go through a couple of years, and I can talk about mine, and then you can finish yours up if you want. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, so this week, you know, I had a couple of days off because we're recording this during Christmas break, and so I had a you know, chance to you know, finish a couple of shows, um, watch the show that I think I mentioned last week, and then I finished up with two movies because I just had some time, including one that would came out on uh, Christmas Day. Uh, okay. But I can start off with the uh, TV, and so I finished up The Mandalorian season two, so that ended, um, and uh, so I'm, I'll sort of split this up into two real quick, um, just my general thoughts on the season, and then my general thoughts on the finale. Um, okay. The season overall was I, I thought was pretty good. I thought it was um, stronger than season one. There's a couple of episodes um, in there, especially the the first episode and the penultimate episode of the season were both fucking excellent um especially well the first one especially because it had this huge um like fight a a monster sequence i think i mentioned this a couple weeks ago that it was like like holy shit like this is like like movie budget shit right yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. and so that was great and then a couple of pretty good ones um and then the penultimate one sort of expanded out in the universe and and actually gave the show like a couple of themes that i think the show was missing because sometimes i watch it and i'm like okay so but like like, this was fun, but okay. Like, like this episode came and went, and uh, exactly. everything's the same. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what is this show about? Like, what are you trying to do with this? Because, like, after season four, I'm like, okay, it's just, like, hijinks, but, like, like what are we doing, right? Right. And so then, um, but then the finale was good, um, up until a point where an old character shows up, and I was kind of, like, ugh, lukewarm on it, and sort of what it meant for the universe. But there's this great fight, I think, um, between... The, the Mandalorian and one of these like they, they call them dark troopers which are like these android troopers it was fucking awesome it was great and I'm like yeah. yes like this is awesome um but then the show brought in a character that I wasn't so happy about and I was like okay alright okay alright and so we're not gonna spoil anything mm-hmm. um even though you hit me with the double entendre earlier I don't know if you caught it but you mm-hmm. did um and then uh, I don't feel like I haven't watched the show, and I haven't even. Again, your boy doesn't even like Star Wars, mm-hmm. but like I, I feel like this character, I, I feel like I, I, I think they hang on it a little much all the time. Um, but like I don't feel like it's ever the character's fault. You know what I mean? Like I don't like like I never. I'm trying to mm-hmm. think of an example without giving anything away. But, like, it's kind of like how we said, like, I don't feel like Idris Elba is the reason that, like, all of his shit fails. But, like, yeah. it does. And, oh, then, like, okay. that's how I feel about, like, 
this character showing up is like I don't think it's the guy's fault. Like I don't think the guy sucks at being the character or like there's anything like wrong with the character inherently. It's just like we just use him for too much shit and it never goes right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And like where he the last time he was used he was used perfectly. And then now this time it's kind of like, oh. But, I mean, I saw a lot of people really liked it. I felt like I was sort of the outlier on it. Um, but, well, I mean, I'm excited for season three, of course, because I feel like this uh, this season felt, as much as I liked it, it felt like uh, Iron Man 2. Do you remember that one? Uh, um, no, that's the one I never watched. That's the one with Mickey Rourke, right? Mm-hmm. I never mm-hmm. watched that one. I watched one, three, and was there another one or was it just one, two, and three? One, or just one and two and three, yeah. Okay, yeah. so I never watched two, but I watched one and three and, like, most of the other Marvel movies just for some reason. Like, I never watched two. I also heard it was terrible. Yeah. Um, And then I never watched, like, the Ant-Man movies, yeah. but it just for whatever reason. Well, the reason it is terrible is because this is before they sort of had their formula down pat. Right. And so they sort of, they don't know how much from other shit to put in, but then they also don't want to give it enough space on its own so it's like oh here's iron man and tony stark growing and here's natasha wink wink nudge nudge she's black widow wink wink right and right so it's like, like so so what i'm what i'm guessing having not seen it is that it's going to be it the movie consists of a lot of like um pointless cameos mm-hmm. because they don't want to like really tie it in tie it in where like things are happening that are important to other movies mm-hmm. but they want to just show you everything and it's yep. like yeah we get it Yep, yep. That's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. There's like a scene toward the end after they've beaten the bad guys. And he meets with Nick Fury. And Nick Fury's like, "Uh, yeah, we got this Avengers thing, but uh, we don't think you're qualified. And it's like, well, okay. So, like, he is going to make it, right? Right, because they use, like, every version of the Avengers. Here's the deal. Even if Iron Man's not a big deal in the Avengers, every version of the Avengers, like, lives in... Stark Tower, and it becomes exactly. like Avengers Tower. It's so like, I'm like, why are you doing this? Why, like, why is this in this movie? Because like, it's like, oh, we beat the bad guy that has like that sort of the main crux of the story, and then there's like this five minute like aside where it's like, hey, this future movie that's coming, we gotta set it up, and it's like, well, it's not really like smooth or intuitive. Um, it's like the uh, the Batman versus. Right, Batman vs. Superman thing where they just have the random scene yes. where like Batman's looking at the members of the Justice League. The movie trailers, and yeah, like, for the future like movies. You can you can tie this in. Like the problem isn't that you've put this in this movie. Like mm-hmm. that's not where we're mad about. It's the, it's that like this doesn't make like why are we doing this right now, right here at this time? Like you could have much Exactly. You you could have much more easily and like slick and in this seamlessly right like just put this throughout the movie and then we'd have ended at the same spot with all the same information and it would have been it felt less weird right 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 so like if you remember in uh, age of ultron um andy circus's character claw shows up and he's like an arms dealer mm-hmm. and it feels a little bit more smooth because you go oh you're looking for an arms dealer he's an arms dealer but then he shows up in black panther and you're like mm-hmm. oh it's that guy from age you know you kind of go oh it's the guy and then you it sort of naturally your brain sort of goes yeah that makes sense but that's that's not what happens in iron man 2 which you know it makes sense it was only their second movie i think i don't even think they'd made any of the other ones it was only their second movie in the universe so it's like you, you sort of give them a pass um, and that's how I feel about The Mandalorian, where it's like, this season two, it was like the backdoor pilot for like a Boba Fett show and like this other show that we mentioned last week when we were talking about Disney, or a couple weeks ago about Disney Plus stuff. Yeah. So I'm hoping that season three, people are like, 
we're past that, right? Like, they can just focus on nah, just bro. Mandalorian. Season 3 is just going to be a shameless vehicle for telling you which new shows of Star Wars are going to come out. Each episode is like oh, a fuck. different one. Yeah. <laughs> Today we visit the set of this show. So I'm, I'm, I'm really, really hoping that now that they have these shows, that, you know, that they can just relax, right? right. And they can just, like, tell the story focus on stuff that matters and like focus on the Mandalorian because there is, you know, there's like little, you know, as I was going to going like, you know, at the finale, every time I would go, there'd be like a point where it would be like about the Mandalorian himself. I'd be like, Oh cool. This like, this is cool. This is what I've been invested in. And then it would go back to some old shit and I'd be like, right. So yeah, like you, so yeah, you just get tired of seeing these characters. (laughs) Right, right, right. right. And so I, I mean, I'm excited. And like I said, it's definitely worth it because the, I mean, other than one episode where they filmed it, like, in the mountains of California, like, it clearly looks like Earth. Right. Most of the show looks fucking amazing. It looks like a movie. Like, it looks like full-blown, like, a $100 million budget movie, right? And so right. I definitely recommend it um, to people who are fans and people who might want to watch it. Um, but, you know, this isn't Breaking Bad, right? So, right. Um, so it, it, enjoy it for what it is. I mean, you know, I I'm, as much as I you know, points at shortcomings, you know, I turn that shit on, and for one hour, um, you know, a week when it's on, You're I'm, in. Like, I'm in, like, I'm in a different world, literally, like, or, like, I'm just, like, you know, I don't worry about coronavirus, I don't worry about bills, I'm just, just, like, it's a different world, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I guess, you know, the, the best popcorn movie, the best popcorn shows sort of are good at that. It's, like, the, it, it, I don't want to say it's Game of Thrones, because, you know, Game of Thrones was, like, sort of you know, prestige TV and great mm-hmm. popcorn together. This is more, this is both, but maybe not as much prestige TV. Yeah. I also, I swear to God, I saw a, a trailer for like, or not a trailer, but like an advertisement for a mm-hmm. Game of Thrones spinoff show mm-hmm. coming off. And I'm like, nah, bro, you fumbled the bag. Don't come back to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're, they're going to do a, a lot of heavy lifting to get rid of that people's bad taste in their mouth. Mm-hmm. That season uh, eight left. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the the Mandalorian, um, and then also this week I watched uh, the Flight Attendant on HBO Max, okay. um, and so I think I mentioned this last week, and I think the both of us were like, "Wait, what is this show?" Because it just kind of came out of nowhere, and then a bunch of people were tweeting about it and talking about it, yeah. and I had never heard of it before, like ten days ago. I had never heard of it until you told me about it when yeah. we recorded, and then I looked it up, and I saw I was like, "Kaylee, I don't know how the fuck you pronounce her last name." <laughs> I but... think it's Cuoco. Cuoco, I was mm-hmm. like, Kaylee Cuoco, what? I was like, it's like she's doing stuff other than Big Bang Theory, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I was and, like, and it's good. And I didn't even know she was a good actress. Her in the show, sort of. Well, I'll get into it in a little bit, but it's okay. you would kind of go like, "Fuck, man, we missed out on like ten plus years of peak Cuoco, right?" Mm-hmm. It's kind of like Calvin Johnson being stuck in the line with the lions, right. like that. But anyway, so the show is. I think it was originally meant to be a short series, but then, like what happens with all really popular short series, they get a second season because they're mm-hmm. trying to milk, milk them dry. Yeah. But I think this one's much more um, built for multiple seasons than those than other ones, like Big Little Lies really? or um, Sharp Objects. I think so. Uh, I think... Having no idea what this show is about, because I have not watched it, I saw a trailer, and it seems like she accidentally killed a person and doesn't remember it. And, like, you're like, I think it could be set up for a second season. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. yeah. Like, my head immediately went to fucking House of Cards. Like, it's set up for a second season. It's like, what are you talking about? He just pushed a bitch in front of a train. <laughs> well, so, so you're right. I mean, the show, so the show starts, it's like, well, so when I heard of it, I thought it was like, um, what's like a stuffy show? 
that's like a drama. A stuffy drama. Not like, not like the, I don't know, I've never seen The Crown, so I'm going to say The Crown, but like, Mad Men. <laughs> Mad Men. When yeah. I saw it, I was, okay. like, I was like, oh, it's about an alcoholic flight attendant. It's like Mad Men. It'll be like, you know, hey, uh, I'm going to get my drinks. Or like, hey, sir, please return to your seat. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. But the shit starts, and it's like snappy. It's like fucking snappy dialogue, <laughs> snappy cuts. It's like, um, <clears throat> it's like, uh, sort of soap opera-y, but like, you know, like murder Without mystery. Without the topness of uh, mm-hmm. soap opera. Yeah, sort of like. I mean, there's one. Like, somebody gets run over with a car that's filmed exactly like a soap opera films a car. <laughs> that's you know, like, amazing. Like over and over and over, see the same angles. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's like a way that soap operas film people getting hit with cars. That <laughs> that sort of. I'm gonna Google a compilation of soap opera cars. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like there's like a shot, and we're posting that before. This. <laughs> it's like a point of view from the car. It's yep. like a point of view from them coming. It's like them rolling on top, slow motion. It's like a, a wide exterior <laughs> shot of them rolling on top of the car. It's like them falling slow motion from the back of the trunk of the car, and then mm-hmm. them laying on the ground, and maybe the camera pans up from a bird's eye view. Yes. And so. Um, <clears throat> And that's what happens. And so when I when that happened, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> it happened to like a great character, or a, a very cool character. And uh, uh, I was like, damn, because I was like sad because he was dying. But then I was also like, that's like a moment where it broke me when I was like, wait, I'm not watching prestige TV. I'm watching <laughs> junk food. <laughs> but it's so good. I, I, I told somebody, vegetables, but it's chocolate. <laughs> it is. Yeah, exactly. It's, you know what it is? It's a fucking vegetable in like one of those um, chocolate fountains. <laughs> yeah, you know? it's like that. Well, you think it's healthy, but not yeah, really. No, you're like eating, yeah, you're like, this is broccoli. And it's like, yeah, you just covered it in like cheese and ranch. <laughs> like, it, it's not broccoli anymore. <laughs> exactly. It's, yeah, that's exactly what it is. But I told somebody, you know, they, they were like, is it good? And I was like, it is just big, shiny, expensive, delicious junk food. It's like so good. And and, and she is fucking awesome dude she is especially the first two episodes when she you know finds the dead body i mean i'm not giving anything away because it's in the trailer but when she finds the dead body and she's trying to like sort of be like oh my god what happened the first two episodes which i think is like the majority of the immediate time she is acting her ass off and to the point like i said where i was like damn she's been on the big bang theory this whole time dude she could be killing it in these shows hey you know what though She's like, I don't give a fuck. I've been killing it, ranking in mad fucking mad... stacks on this big bang theory. Exactly. And so now she's that... flexed with cash. She's <laughs> closer to the guy than she's ever been. And I think, I think, like, I'm okay with that because then it's like now she can do these kinds of shows where she can be like, I have twenty million dollars. I don't have to take a, sh- a, a, a you know whatever role you give me. I can be like, like a Harley Quinn show. So I was just I put this in the doc. Like she is probably like my 2020 tv mvp right between this and harley quinn the animated show is she the voice for harley quinn on the animated show mm-hmm. and, oh, okay. when, and so when i saw that she was doing it i was like oh it's like they probably came to her and were like hey we'll give you a million dollars you do the voice and she'll probably just phone it in right like she'll just be like mm-hmm. i'm harley quinn yeah. <laughs> but she kills it in that too dude like she's so good in that role like she is like to the point where like i'll be watching it or I, when i was watching it i was like this is like like pixar level like grade a voice acting right now okay yeah like emmy level and so and then same thing with this one where i was like oh kelly welcome when she gets framed for murder okay but then like, like i said after episodes one and two i'm like she's fucking acting her ass off <laughs> and i think and in both of those she's an, an executive producer hey. Hey, by her pants sag off because she's acting her ass. Hey, she's acting her ass. <laughs> yes. Dude, like, she's like, you know, she does that thing where, like, um, oh, the, the get out thing. You know, when he's sitting on the couch and his eyes are, like, 
covered in tears and you like right. blinks and they like you get those big tears down their face mm-hmm. like when i just do that i'm like okay like maybe that's an easy thing for like it's sort of like um catnip it's like oh wow like that's good acting you know what i'm saying yeah <laughs> but it's like yeah it's it not easy works. Yeah, no. <laughs> it works and so, so she does that it works a is because it's legitimately good acting <laughs> yeah um oh and it's funny okay so so I'll, I'll wrap this up and then i'll give you a, a, a little thing i had but uh about it so definitely watch it like it's okay. great and i think it's it's like that it's it's um it's not like queen's gambit it's not like i may destroy you or rami where like these like class eight shows it is just like it's the best cheeseburger you've ever had. No, it's Little Caesars, bro. It's five dollars, but it's banging when it's hot and ready. See, I don't even think it's. I think it's better than Little Caesars because like it looks great and it like the. I'm gonna need you. Well, nah, see, I'm gonna need you to stop disrespecting Little Caesars because Little Caesars <laughs> I love Little Caesars is, too. Man. Little Caesars, <laughs> hot and ready, straight out the fucking <laughs> oven is top tier. And the the, the, what, the reason why it's it's five dollars is because it's made out of trash ingredients, probably <laughs> much like this show. And when you go to reheat it. It's absolute dog shit, which is like this show's probably not going to age well, but it's great when you watch like just like a soap opera and what I imagine to be this stuff, this show. Somebody <laughs> you put some respect on Little C's name, uh, all right? <laughs> oh, I, I love Little Caesars. I somebody there was like a tweet that was like, man, Little Caesars hits so much better when there's not somebody bitching about how it's cheap and sucks. <laughs> right. All right. Real quick, this is a complete sidebar. Throwing, hold on. Did you have something you wanted to say about this show before we go on this stupid sidebar? Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll just wrap it up real quick. So yeah, definitely recommend it. Um, I it's it's not. I mean, it, it's by default one of the best shows I've seen because it's probably the most fun show I've seen this year. Um, and Kaylee Cook was great, and I'm, I can. I would not be surprised if she's nominated or wins an Emmy, uh, both for this and for Harley Quinn. So, you know, definitely check it out. It's on HBO Max, eight episodes, each one about 40 to 45 minutes. Okay. Um, and I think it, um, Rosie Perez is in it. Um, and so before we go on your sidebar, let me tell you, uh, she came on the screen and Sydney was like, oh, Rosie Perez is in this because I watched it with her. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, you know, like, you know, like that line, remember? And mm-hmm. I was like, you know D's Rosie Perez and she's like that's horrible I'm like no 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 you don't see like in Do the Right Thing Radio Rahim says that about batteries but then Kanye West said that about her boobs <laughs> see it's like double entendre see in the song and she's like oh okay yeah. Like, yeah yeah see don't even ask him how <laughs> don't even ask him how yeah oh Jesus yeah that's great um and- there's two things I think of Rosie Perez every time now, and it's like one of my favorite sports movies of all time is uh, White Men Can't Jump, mm-hmm. and then uh, like so everything she says on that ends up ridiculous at some point, and she's just she's got the most stereotypical accent, right? Yeah, like, like you, couldn't, York, you like... couldn't you couldn't come up like you could draw a cartoon character and it would fit, like you know what I mean, mm-hmm. like like the, the the most caricaturized version, and that voice would fit. And it's great. Yeah. Um, and then also, like, now from uh, Jesus and Romero, where they were on Showtime, and they're talking mm-hmm. to David Letterman about it, yeah. <laughs> about the hard to get a ticket. Um, so that's all I think of now, whenever mm-hmm. her name comes up. Oh, yeah. Funk Master Flex Knight. <laughs> uh, when, when he, I, I forget um, when I first saw that clip, when he says that. Yeah. And I remember he, so I'm watching it, and he says that. He's like, Funk Master Flex Knight. And I was like, like, you know, your brain sort of goes, wait, that doesn't belong there. Because for years, I would download a song illegally. And that would be playing. Be like, all right, everybody put your hands up. Mm, mm, mm. 
Mm-mm. Funk Master Funk Funk Master Flex Night. I'm like, oh, shut <laughs> Jesus, fuck. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Um, yeah. So, real quick, the sidebar I was going to go yeah. on um, was that fucking, like, just you said, Little Caesars is so good when you don't have somebody bitching about how cheap and bad it is. Mm. Every time, this happens to me pretty frequently, and anytime someone is like, McDonald's tastes like shit. Or, or like, like they name like oh, Taco Bell tastes like shit, uh, Burger King. Tastes, I'm like, here's the deal. It obviously doesn't because like you would never have a successful business if all of it tasted like dog shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, so as much as you want to say like, oh, it tastes like shit, you're full of it because the thing is, is a Big Mac when it's like not old slaps. A quarter pounder slaps, Whopper slaps, fucking Taco Bell slaps. You know what I mean? Like, it just, it actually is good. Just fuck right. you for being a pretentious dickhead about it. <laughs> like... <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, I love Little Caesar's pizzas, right? Right. Like, I think, I, I, I'm like, if you don't want to eat them, fine. More for me. Right. Um, and I feel like that about, like, Whoppers. Um, I don't think I've, I think I've only had a Big Mac once or twice. But not because, I, I don't know. Like, it's like, I, 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 I've never been like, I want a Big Mac. So, I've, you know, I've right. always... Just kind of something else. But, like, the chicken nuggets. Like, the little right. boot-shaped chicken nuggets. Hell yeah. Slap. You know? <laughs> like mm-hmm. They're a fucking beggar. And everyone's exactly. like, oh, it's terrible. And I'm like, suck my dick. <laughs> those, yeah, like, those chicken tenders are, I mean, they're not great, I'm not saying right? they're high-quality ingredients, but it still fucking tastes good. It's mm-hmm. fried, so it slaps. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Anyways, that's all I wanted to go on. Because that's one thing that like aggravates me for no reason. Like it just gets under my skin way more than it should. And the thing is, is because like it's never. Here's the deal: if you told me Gordon Ramsay was like McDonald's is dog shit, I'd be like, whatever. Like, like you're probably right. You know what I mean? But like these motherfuckers, I've watched eat. Like, like I, I can see you. I know. You can't cook. I know you're eating the most bland dog shit at home. So, like, fuck you. It tastes fine. <laughs> Where's your high horse? Why are you doing this right now? <laughs> like, you just right. want to sound like you're better than somebody else by yeah. saying, like, oh, food sucks. Cheap. And that's how we feel about, um, like, um, like sometimes movies as well. Like, the Fast and Furious points where people are like, those are dumb. I'm like, well, clearly there's something there, right? Like, right. there's, like, something there that, you know, even if it's... I mean, I love them, so I see it there. But even if it's something like um, Twilight, like, I know, not my thing. But I'm sure there's something there that people like. That it, it's scratching an itch, right? Like, nothing gets huge without it scratching some sort of itch, right? Right. So, like, it's like that. It's like, you know, Big Mac doesn't become, a, you know, the, the the most popular burger in the world without there being something in the, in the food, in the meal. Right. Exactly. So, anyways, um, now that we're done talking about that, uh, I'll talk about... The only thing I watched uh, recently was I watched more of that uh, the anime Code Geass, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I talked. I, I'm sure I've brought it up at some point. I th- I think, but have I ever told you that all anime is profoundly sad? I think you mentioned it before. I know it from like those tweets where it's like the intro of an anime and it's like SpongeBob skipping, and then it's like the the clo- the uh, the ending credits are like sad it's like yeah so so there's that but that's more of like just an artistic weird choice they make but Mm -hmm. like every anime i've ever watched sans like one or two of them there are just like 
Oh, no, I brought it up because we talked about Avatar, The Last Airbender, the Uncle Iro, like the the tales of, uh, what is it? The tales of Ba Sing Se. Mm-hmm. That's where I was like, it, every every anime is just profoundly sad at some point in time where it's just like the most depressing shit. Where he's talking about his dead son singing throughout the town and then he like goes and cries next to a tree. It's awful. It's the saddest shit ever. And mm-hmm. Code Geass already hit me with one of those. Was fucking furious because the other thing was, I don't feel like it quite earned it. Like, I don't feel like it really built up to this, but it doesn't matter. It was still enormously sad. Um, so, so there was that. Mm-hmm. Also, does if if it was sad, does that mean it earned it? Like by default? Like if I felt the sadness, does that mean it did enough, or is it right. just like I don't well, know? There, there was there ahead. was that um that tweet. I don't know if you saw it this week about fuck what movie was it? Oh, it was a George Clooney movie, right? The, yeah, the George Clooney space movie, right? Yeah, I think, okay. I, I didn't even think of that when I said this, but yeah. like It might have been Dave Itzkoff. Maybe. Um, or maybe the guy from IndieWire, but he said, he's like, you know, if a movie is bad, but it makes you feel profound sadness, and that was its goal, was the movie good? And it's like, or did a movie accomplish its goal, and thereby, therefore, is it good? Right. I didn't read that article, so I don't know what he eventually comes out to say, but like, it just hit me like, I don't, the whole, like... After it was over, right, I was sad the whole time it was happening. And after it was over, I was, like, still sad. But then I was like, Did, should I have been sad? Should I have cared enough? And then the answer was, like, it was still sad as shit when it happened. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I got hit with a sad moment. And then I got hit with the wildest fucking M. Night Shyamalan goddamn out of nowhere fucking twist shit all over my fucking dome piece. Um, and threw the whole goddamn thing out the window. Um, so, <laughs> I'm, I don't feel like we have the audience that's gonna go watch this, but if you do, uh, I'm gonna spoil something, just because, mm-hmm. like, I, the outlandishness is, is, like, I just have to speak about it. So, mm-hmm. skip ahead 30, 45 minute, you know, whatever, and then back up till you get to we're not talking about this anymore. But, so, the whole show is this... It's a kid who's like the bastard son of an emperor. I think I talked about this already, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he gets the power where it's, it's his like gios that he comes across in some odd manner that like he, his gios, the way it manifests in him is like a special power so that when he looks someone in the eye and gives them a command, they, they do it and mm-hmm. they, he can only do it to any person once. And like he, you know, he's, he spends the early part of the show testing it out in insignificant ways to see what the limits of it are. Anyways, about halfway through near the end of the first season, you come across a guy that also has a Gios and and you learn that, you know, some weird circumstances happened with a similar character, a mutual character that they both know. And she gave him his Gios and, um, that guy's Gios, he can't turn it off now. So mm-hmm. and that guy's is that he can read people's minds, but he can't turn it off. So like he was in a library at one point and was like freaking out because he could just hear everybody in his academy just thinking, right? Right. So apparently there comes a point when you've used it too much and then you just can't control it anymore. So he gets this point. This he meets this princess who's like an old family member. They they used to be friends before everything went to shit, and he mm-hmm. still has respect for her, and like they're they have different views on how to make this change happen, but they both want to make it happen. They yeah. tenuously meet together. Have they, they like, she comes up with this compromise, right? And he like, doesn't want to do it. And he's like, he, he originally, when he walks in there, he's like, 
I want you to shoot me with this. And he doesn't use his gias yet. You know what I mean? Because he, he, he's just like explaining to her, like, this is what's going to happen. And she's like, no, we don't have to do this. Because he doesn't really want it to happen this way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just like, to him, it's the means that make this end work. And she's like, no, here's our compromise. Here's what we do. This can work. And he like, he like struggles with it for a minute. And he's like, you're right. Uh, let's, let's try it. So he like shakes her hand. Mm-hmm. He, she's like, and you, you thought I was going to shoot you? Like, cause she was like, I would never shoot you. Like you thought you were just going to come in here and tell me to shoot you and it was going to work. Cause she doesn't know mm-hmm. he has that ability. Yeah. And he's like, I, I could make you do anything. Like I, I, I could, I, I could make you do anything I wanted. And she's like, you're being silly. And earlier mm-hmm. in this conversation, he winces in pain when he goes to use it. And that's supposed to be the sign that, like, he's using it the whole time, but you don't see his eye in, in like, this whole scene because his hair's covering it or he's turned a certain way. And then yeah. he looks at her and he's like, I could have had you, if I wanted to, I could have told you, kill every Japanese person on the planet. And, like, it happens. He's like, what? Like, like she, like, because their eyes change color whenever it happens. Yeah. And, like, she's like, uh, okay. And he's like, wait, what happened? Because he doesn't realize that it's on. And she's right. like, okay. And she darts out the building. And she's the princess. They're in this giant arena. And in front of everybody, she tells her royal guard, who are, like, the only people of any substance, she's like, kill all the Japanese people. And they're like, are you sure? She's like, do what I say. And they're like, all right. So he just murdered all the Japanese people and everything goes to <laughs> shit because he just was being fucking stupid. It was the most outlandish shit, the wildest twist. And, like, that's another one. Like, did you really earn that twist or did you just come up with something out of nowhere to, like, fucking throw a wrench in it? But it didn't fucking right. matter. I was in. You know what I mean? I was like, right, oh, right. my God, this just is like the, the worst shit ever. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. she obviously was, like, trying to make sure none of this had to happen, that no one had to die. She had this compromise and he was like... Oh, I could just tell you to kill all the Japanese people. And she was like, got it. Like, it steps out. It's like, murder everyone. (laughs) It's fucking terrible, bro. Shit went sideways so fast. And then it's like, now he's having to use that. Like, he has to roll with it at this point. He's like, I needed needed a martyr. And, like, I accidentally screwed her. You know what I mean? Because I was going to compromise. Now she's doing this awful thing. And I Mm -hmm. needed a martyr. But... He's like, now I just have to use it. Because, like, he, he positioned himself opposite of her, right? Mm-hmm. Like, in the public view. Because he's got, like, a secret identity. He's like, Batman. You know what I mean? Like, he was like, right. everyone was like, some people are, like, pro-Batman and some people anti-Batman. And so she came out and he's like, I kind of have to use this to reach the end I want now. Like, you know what I mean? I just got to right, act right. like she's a dickhead even though I'm the one that caused all this to happen. This <laughs> <It's just> is <laughs> fucking terrible, bro. It's sad. It's terrible. Shit went so left so fast. That happened and, like, everything was like, oh, they're going to make it work. And then, like, in five minutes, it was all over. Like, everyone's getting slaughtered. Shit's over. <laughs> like, what yeah, is that? Oh, God damn it. <laughs> so, would you recommend it? Like, would you say it's, like, you said it was worth the whole series or? I'm not. That's the end of the first season. There are two seasons. There are 50 episodes. There's 25, 26 episodes a season. Okay. Um, that's how the first season ended. So, mm-hmm. obviously, we're going to have to resolve all this. Um, but yeah. so far, um, the, yeah, I think it's a great show so far. I think there's enough going on that, like, I, I think the show is good enough. We've talked about this. When something's good enough at a certain point, you're just playing with house money. Like, every one, you yeah. can do something outlandish or, or you know, maybe you didn't set something up well enough. But, like, 
you've been nailing everything along the way that those just kind of fall in line. You know what I mean? Right. Like people are just willing to keep going because it, it's working. So yeah, right. I, I think it's a solid show. I would definitely recommend it so far based on what I've seen. Good. Cool. All right. So what are your other two things you're watching or yeah. have watched or are going to watch? Yeah. So my other two are movies. Um, one is, uh, well, I think they're, they're both, I was going to say one is like an oscar movie, but I think they both are. But uh, the first one is... One's um, Oscar fishing, the other one might just be good enough for an Oscar? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I think Soul is the Oscar fishing one. Um, but I think this one's just good enough that I think it will get nominated for a few things. But the first one is um, Never, Rarely, Sometimes, Always. Okay. Um, and this is uh, it was just a tiny, tiny little drama. I found it on HBO Max. Um, and it's just a, it's a very simple drama. So... You know, I went into it. So, the, well, so the story is about uh, this girl who oh. gets pregnant, and I think she is sixteen or seventeen, and she lives in like rural Pennsylvania, like you know, like super like country, like poverty stricken Pennsylvania. Okay. And uh, so she has to. She gets pregnant, um, and she doesn't want to have the baby, so she has to go to New York to have an abortion, and so she has to take okay. her friend, um, or I think it's her cousin. And they go on this trip to New York City to have the procedure done, okay. and, and that's it. And I, like that's like the movie. Um, and so I thought it was going to be more, not like Juno per se, but like more. I don't know, like stuff goes down, right? Like they, they lose their money, and then they are maybe they're chased by you know, like more right. like a conventional like movie, right? Right. Like with twists and plots and turns, but it's actually none of that. It's just a very simple, straightforward, just like story that some people. Like, 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 if I were to be recommended, people would be like, nothing happens. They just go on this thing. It's like, well, <laughs> you well, got to pick the right people to recommend it to, or else they're going to be right, like, this right. is stupid. Yeah, because you'd be like, this is dumb. Like, nothing happens. Like, they're just doing this thing. They're going on this trip. And I can't, I'm trying to think of, like, an example where that happens. Where it's like, no, no, no. It's like, it's just like, it's just like, what the story is what it's about. But it's, it just packs this huge, empathetic wallop. Um, and I, I really... I don't want to say liked it because I, you know, you don't, you just appreciate it, right? You appreciate right. what it gives you, and like, you don't really like it. Like, I don't see myself ever watching it again, but I do know that some of these scenes will stick with me for a long, long time, um, including the one at its center, which is like this long conversation these two characters have, um, where the movie gets its title from. That I think it sort of will stick with whoever watches it for for a while, um, and I think it's it's sort of one of those things where like. When you think about it, that's when it sort of has its impact, if that makes right. sense. Because they are, she's like super late. She's super long in her pregnancy because they don't have access to those kinds of things where she is. And so she has to go to a different state to get an abortion. And there's like all these steps to it. She has to like fill out these forms and like go to this office. And she doesn't have the money and she has to go to this office and she has to wait. And the procedure takes like two days. And it just it's just like a bunch of stuff that you go like, holy shit. Like you sort of get this like traumatic fear because of what's going on with them. But the real fear is that you stop and go, oh, that's terrifying. But there are thousands or hundreds, maybe thousands of girls going through that every year. And you kind right. of go like, holy shit. Right. And so it reminds me of the movie uh, Room. Did you ever see that movie Room I with Brie Larson? No, I did not. It's um, it's the one that she won her Oscar for, I think, five years ago now. Four or five years ago now. And so she is in that movie with uh, Jacob Tremblay, the little kid. I think he's in a couple of other things. Um, but so basically the, the Room tells the story of uh, Brie Larson, 
who is a young woman who was kidnapped like 10 years before or longer okay. by this one, by this fucking psycho. And he kidnaps her and puts her in this, basically in a shed in his backyard, right. which is like a room. And all it has is like, it's like a, like a prison cell. But he keeps her in there and like locks her in there. And she had, he like, you know, he takes advantage of her and rapes her. And then she gets pregnant and has the baby in there. So the kid grows up like, to like age eight or nine um inside of room like that is his universe like oh, all he's known is just fuck. the room and and so eventually she, she escapes well I don't, fuck well i just kind of spoiled it but she eventually <laughs> she gets out right but then of course the the movie is scary because she is trapped in there and we care about her and the kid but then you stop and go holy shit how many rooms are there in america like as right. you're driving down a neighborhood like is there somebody back there kidnapped basically held against their will for years at a time right yeah absolutely and so it, they both have those this, that sort of fear where it's like room is more conventional where there's like a bunch of twists and turns and stuff happens uh, maybe a little bit you know it's still a drama but this one's much more low-key but both of them after you watch them you go fuck it's out there like that right this is not stuff. outlandish this is not some setup you know like like yeah, established universe. Like, no, this is the thing that just happens sometimes. Like, yeah, this is exactly. It's terrible. just like something that happens, and it's just like part of life. Like, I would, it's, I, 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 it's, it's. I don't know how to explain because it it's it's not like you know after it, it's the simplest just story that you can tell, and either you get the empathy from it or you don't. Right. Right. Like it's not it's not like the one I'm going to talk about where it's like there's like a message or a theme. It's not trying to entertain. It's just like here's a story about somebody who's living and we hope you see it from their perspective for an hour and 30 minutes right yeah okay and so, yeah so that i mean i think it'll be up for best actress the girl who plays the girl who gets pregnant is fucking amazing and i think it's her first role okay um and then i would think that and maybe best original screenplay but okay. it's tiny but I, w- I could see it you know in this year where there's not that many movies it being nominated for uh for a couple of oscars i got you okay all right so what's your next yeah. one yeah, and so then I'll, I'll wrap up um, with Soul, the Pixar movie that came out on Disney Plus on Christmas Day. Okay. And this one was originally supposed to come out in June of this year, but then because of the pandemic, it got pushed to November in theaters, and then because it never really got better, they just moved it over to Disney Plus for free okay. after their Mulan thing sort of blew up in their face. So this is their first like big like movie that was supposed to come out that they just pushed to the streaming service. Okay. Um, and dude, this is it was amazing like it was so good um it's um it's directed by pete doctor and he did so he directed monsters inc uh up and inside out and then he also helped co-write toy story toy story 2 and wally Yo, my man's so got some fucking bangers. <laughs> yeah, so he's been... I tweeted out, I was like, you know, at what point do we name him the greatest living animator? You know, at a minimum, the greatest American, you know, filmmaker, storyteller mm-hmm. right now, right? Like, he was, he's was he been at Pixar since the start. He was one of the original four people. Like him, John John Lasseter, Andrew Stanton, uh, and uh, I forget the... I think Joe Raft is the last guy. Um, but he's there from the start. And so this is his fourth movie that he's directed with the... Um, with Pixar and it's fantastic. It tells the story of this jazz musician who finally gets a chance to do his big uh job or his big um his big break mm-hmm. and he dies. And then his soul is sort of 
going into the afterlife and he has to fight to sort of get back to his body and, and be like, no, I, I have to, you know, I finally got my big break. I can't die like this. Um, but it's fantastic. Um, it's a, it's just a great story about, you know, living life. And, and this is one compared to the last one where it is trying to tell a story and have a theme and be like, live your life, right? Like, you know, your right. goals or your, your, your hobbies and your passions aren't life, you know, living life is like that. Right. Um, so yeah, it was great. And, and it, similar to Inside Out, which isn't my favorite of Pixar movies. I know people love it. Have you seen it? I have not. The one with the, I've never seen that. Yeah. You know, with the little, um. Little emotions or whatever, right? Yeah, the emotions. It, it it delves into a lot like that, where things that are more metaphorical, metaphysical, are sort of made into actual characters, right? Right. Um, and so that that's not, I don't, that that I don't love that. Not because I don't that's think not it, your I think shit. it's it, <laughs> it it's insanely clever, and it's just like it never really clicked with me with Inside Out, and it and it clicks just okay with me in this one. Um, but the best parts are when he's on Earth and, and when he's interacting with, with people and, and sort of meeting the other character that's the other protagonist. Uh, but I can't recommend it enough. I mean, it you know, I, I'm pissed I didn't get to see this in theaters because there's a couple of shots and a couple of scenes where it's like the afterlife. Yeah. Where it, it's sort of like, holy shit, like on a big screen, this would look amazing. Right. Um, but yeah, they, this, I mean, this pretty locks up another best animated movie, maybe even a best picture nomination for them. Yeah, so I mean, like I have to give it a zero out of ten because I've never seen it, but I, I see people on Twitter pointing out the Nick slander. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> so I'm gonna just have to just let that one go. Uh, can't watch that movie, but anyway, <laughs> but actually, I do want to see it. Um, I'm sure I will at some point. Um, I'm sure as my son gets a little older and starts actually paying attention to movies and watching, I'm gonna end up going back and watching a ton of these. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I'm sure I'll catch it, but. Going from, uh, you know, talking about movies that came out recently, we, we're going to backtrack and mm-hmm. talk about, um, we each gave three, correct? Which yes. is our, our favorite fight scenes in movies of all time. Yeah, yeah. It's, At this moment. Because like, cause, cause every time we give one of these lists, it's like, all it takes is for me to like... Think about it for another week, and now something else may flip in there. You know what I mean? But yeah, but I feel I pretty the... confident with these that I have right here. Mm-hmm. I would say that the criteria for me was, excuse me, um, I would say was it would be so it's it's like for me it was like a fight that was a fit the story, b like I thought was memorable, and then C, I thought was really well choreographed. Um, yeah. I think it had to hit all three, for me at least. I think I, I feel like yours are too, because I think all of your all of the fights in yours fit, fit there, the similarly. Only, there's, yeah, there's one of my fight scenes that may not fit one of those criteria, but it's not really a fault of the scene as much as just kind of what's going on. But yeah. do, do you want me to start with that one? We could. Do, do you want me to go ahead and start? Or well, I was gonna you... say, we have. Go ahead. What I would say is, you go first, and we we'll both end have on one the... from the. Yep. Yep. <laughs> well, we both have one from the same movie. Yeah. So I would say, start with yours from that movie, and then I'll finish my... with mine from that movie. Okay. Okay. Does that make sense? Yep. All right. So yeah. we'll. And you know what? That's a good time. Anyways, so we'll start with the one mine from the same movie we have, which is The Matrix, um, yeah. and mine is the. Uh, I know Kung Fu fight. Uh, it's mm-hmm. it's Morpheus and Neo sparring in the dojo. Um, yeah. This, to me, you know, like, there are a million 
you know what? It's perfect that you brought up the three criteria because I think there are a million better fights if you were to look at like just the like fighting choreography, right? And right. there may be other fights in movies that like carry more story weight, but it's like the culmination of all of these, right? And and, and mm. to me, like anytime someone brings up like what's your favorite fighting scene, it's one of the first ones I always think of. You know what I mean? And so, like, does that... Would I always classify it as the best? I don't know. But it will always be one of the first things I think of. You know what I mean? Right. Like it's it, it carries so much story weight. Cause like, and it's got some great lines in it. You know what I mean? Like, first of all, he, mm. he's he's just in the Matrix. Trinity walks over. She's like, what is he going? And the dude's like, he's a fucking machine. He's been in there for 10 hours just learning shit. And he comes out. Morpheus says, like, what's up? he's like, I know Kung Fu. And Morpheus says, show me. And it's like, okay, this is already lit. Like, things right. are already about to get out of hand. Right. And so... And then you hear the gong. It's like, right, gong, And it, yeah. like, flashes to white. And they're both in geese. Morpheus is in mm-hmm. the black gi, uh And uh, Neo... Uh, green? No, it's, it's like a cream color. It's either white yeah. or cream. Um, but he's sitting in there. And uh, so they start fighting. And so, like... The whole thing about the Matrix, not the whole thing, because um, really, if I'm being honest, I, I think it got a little convoluted for me in the end there, and I probably need to rewatch it a few times before I really like was able to piece together what the fuck's actually happening near the end. Um, mm. But early on, you know, he does the jump, right? Which has God, he does when he goes to jump between the buildings. When you know what I'm talking about? And yeah, like, you just gotta believe you make it. He does the like free your mind and he does like the he, like with his temples like right. shakes his hands like both fast like right before he jumps kills me every time anyways yeah. he runs falls hits the ground and the thing is that if you get injured in the matrix it hurts you in real life but like it's all about knowing you're in a program and and just forcing yourself to move past it which sounds super easy from the outside but i imagine if that's all you've ever known for 25 years of your life it it's right. gonna feel real the whole time you know what i mean yeah so the whole thing with the kung fu fight is you know multiple times throughout the thing like so morpheus fucks him up a little bit you know what i mean mm-hmm. just a little bit neo gets up and he's like why and morpheus asks him he's like why am i beating you and neo says you're faster you're stronger and morpheus responds like do you think this has anything to do with my actual muscles Right. And and then, like, Neo's fucking panting because he's been trying his hardest. He's like, do you think that's air you're breathing? And he's like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. And it starts to click. You know what I mean? Like, he's like, well, hold on. Like, this isn't air. Like, I, I can be just as strong or fast as him. Like, we're in a computer program. I just need yeah. to be faster. And so they do it, and it it's close now. And Morphe still gets the upper hand. And then one of my favorite lines of all time, he fucking grabs his fist. He's like... Stop trying to hit me and just hit me and then throws them. And that's so like, it's like, stop fucking like thinking there are these limitations here because there's not, you know what I mean? Like, it kind of encompasses like the whole movie, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like in this thing, it's like, you just need to blow past what all these limitations you think you have because they're not actually there. And so it tells you a little bit about it. You know what I mean? Like it's story related. It it brings you to the point and then it's super awesome looking the whole fucking time anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I totally agree, and and you know he um there's like little fl- things that I like, like you mentioned, you know, when he goes like you think that's air you're bringing now, and he like you know he sort of straightens back out, and then he gives a little hmm. yeah, <laughs> um and I I think that the cinematography is also great, 
um, by uh, I think it's uh, by Bill Bill Pope. I think he's done a lot of action movies and he he sort of knows when to sort of focus on close-ups and when to just sort of give these like big wide not super wide but like wide angles where you see it it's clearly Keanu and Lawrence Fishburne um and then there's this great shot where he's I forget what he does but he's like they're punching each other and Morpheus blocks it and he punches him in the chest and right when he punches him in the chest the camera zooms crash zooms into his chest like, he, like yeah. you're the one that's punching him and he like flies back and yep. he like, lands on his stomach um so there's like a lot of little things like that little zooms and pullouts that I think help the scene that like when you're watching it you don't really notice but then but then when you're watching them again you're like oh shit like that was like done on impact or, like done to like emphasize right exactly um, because here's the deal it would look stupid if you just had a wide angle and he punches him because here's the deal there's one wide angle where something like that happens and it's kind of the worst looking part of the fight and it's not terrible but it's when he you get the close-up of him running up the beam and then he does the backflip over right but the thing is you can see the wire work doesn't look smooth like 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 when mm-hmm. he's backflipping he's like parallel to the ground for a little too long before he starts to actually rotate and it looks mm-hmm. a little weird so like with that being said though if Every one of those shots were wide-angled, and it didn't, like, crash into the chest when he punches him. Like, I think too many things would look weird when he goes flying back. You know what I mean? At a thousand miles an hour and lands on his chest. Like, I think that would just look weird if you didn't have that, like, fast, like, crash in to to display the impact that may not actually be being shown. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Um... It's yeah, just, yeah, it's it's just great choreography. I think you know what I mean. There's there's enough little like, just not joke, but like little throwaway references that don't mean anything that are still mm. fun. You know what I mean? Like the simple like putting your hand out and like the the wagging your fingers, someone to come on, like yeah. and then and then he does at one point Neo does the little like Bruce Lee nose swipe. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? And then like yeah, yeah, yeah. kicks his I'm feet backwards right a little yeah. bit. Yeah, um, yeah. Yep. So, so. There's enough little and, shit like that that's cool. And then on top of that, it also, like, there's enough story stuff going on. There's enough quippy one-liners, you know what I mean? Like, stop trying to hit yeah. me and hit me. Like, it, But, like, it all fits. It's not just dumb one-liners in the middle of a scene just to have it. You know what I mean? Right. Right, right. So, uh, yeah, so going off of this one, you know, you talk about choreography for this one. We'll go from one movie that was choreographed by uh, Wu Jingping to okay. another one. And that's Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Okay. So, uh, same fight choreographer. So, he had, a, you know, these are back-to-back years. And for this one, see, I think Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon is a masterpiece. I think it's one of the best movies ever made. And I think... Um, I've never heard of, anything bad about this movie ever. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, I think I, I, I think some people probably, like, if they haven't seen it or if they don't know about it, they probably think it's just, like, an action movie. But the story I, is actually... I've, I haven't watched it all the way through. Ah, okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, dude, if you get a chance to rewatch it, I think they just remastered it recently. Okay. Um, or put it on Prime, or they put it somewhere recently where it just came out again, where they like sort of cleaned it up and made it look nice. I think there nicer. were a couple times I tried to watch it and I didn't really know what I was getting into, mm-hmm. and so like, it's not from what I've seen and what I can remember. I don't feel like it. It's a movie that's really moving at a high rate of speed. Like, I think right. it really it, sits and, like, goes through what it's going through and, and, and like, I don't want to say, like, meandering or slow-paced, but it's definitely not, like, I was expecting, you John know. John Wick? Yeah, exactly. I was expecting yeah. something like John Wick, and that's totally not what this is. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, this is, like, a, it's a drama that takes place in, like, feudal, feudal oh, not feudal Japan. It's, like, um, Imperial China, I think, and, um, 
it's like a story of a a young woman who's like trying to break out of a system that sort of is forcing her into something that she doesn't want to be. Um, and so she steals a sword um, to try to, you know, sort of usurp a position that maybe she doesn't, shouldn't be in. Right. Um, but, uh, but enough about Mulan. <laughs> uh, and so, uh, but it's, yeah. So at the end of the, toward the end of the movie, the fight though, it's a, it's a um, Wushu versus Jiao Long. And this is Michelle Yao who is in a bunch of Jackie Chan police story movies, and she was in Crazy Rich Asians. And I forgot, oh crap, I forgot to look up the other lady's name because I, I always forget her. But she used she sort of kind of recognizable. Let me see her. Uh, We're Z. talking about the older woman, right? The first one, the Jackie Chan movies? It's yeah. the older woman, right? Yeah, she's the older woman. And okay. so the fight is toward the end, and the younger woman uh, is trying to do... Uh, she has the sword and she's trying to give it back. And so it's like, the, it's like not a magical sword, but it's like one of those, like, it's like super powerful. It's like made out of like vibranium. Right. Right. Yeah. There's one um, of those all the time. Like, is it, is it there one in Kill Bill? Like, yes. Like, yeah. It's, it's like, like that. It's a Hattori Hanzo sword. Yeah. yeah. yeah exactly. It's like that. Yeah. So imagine it's like a Hattori Hanzo sword from Kill Bill. And, um, and so the fight is great because it takes place in like an armory and Michelle Yao, the older woman uses like a variety of weapons as she goes through and each style is different. So first she uses like some, uh, what are the ones that Electra has? Um, Sai? Size. And she uses like a giant, like heavy, like bolt spear and, um, like a spear itself and like a sword. Yeah. She got the hook swords. And these like sickle things. And yeah, yeah. And so, um, and every time she beats her, but her technique has to change because of the sword. And so it, it's great, and the music's great throughout it, and it sort of has that pitter patter that we've talked about before about fights. Yeah. Um, and, and there's this great bit. Uh, I don't know if you watch the scene, but she I takes this, he, this huge like hammer. Oh yeah, thing. like a, like the halberd, like kind of yeah. I know what you're talking about, right? It's like almost like a, like yeah, like a giant like spiked mace thing. Yeah, yeah, she like picks it up and tries to swing at her, and the younger woman like sort of like flinches in it. And, uh, um, what's it called? An anticipation for it, but it, like it's so heavy that it like sort of sends Michelle Yao back. Right. And so she says, "Fucking throws it down and gets something else." <laughs> um, I always love that beat. Um, but yeah, the fight is awesome and similar to The Matrix. It has like these wide shots where you can see that it's the two actresses doing the choreography, but then it also has these like super close-ups where you can see their reactions and stuff. Right. Um, and of course, um, you're directed by Ang Lee. He went on to do Life of Pi. And Brokeback Mountain. Oh shit! And um, what's the other one that this he came? I think has some bangers. <laughs> yeah, so he's got two best actor or best director Oscars, and um, I think I still think this is his best movie. As much as I love Life of Pi, I probably think I probably enjoyed Life of Pi more, but I think this one's the better one. Um, and this one has a, a couple of other really famous or really I think well scenes, including one in a restaurant. Um, but yeah, I would say like, dude, like if you get a chance, check it out. Okay. Um, I think it's it's a much sort of it's more sophisticated than I think people probably think it is, right? They right. think it's just, like, oh, it's just like, you know, it's like wire foo and, and it's like fighting right. and let's like kill Bill and stuff. But it's not. It's, it's, I think it's much more than that. Right. Yeah. I'll definitely have to check it out at some point. Um, it's funny because before we recorded this, I asked my dad, like, I told him this was going to be something we ended up talking about. And mm-hmm. he brought up this fight separately before you had even put it on the list. He was like, he was like, there's a fight in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon between, um, you know, these two women. And he was like, it's great. And then I, like, yeah. like last week, or not last week, but this past weekend earlier, 
um, mm. in the week. You had put it on there already, and I went over there, and we were talking about it. I was like, oh, he added that. One of his was the fight you were talking about, and you're like, he was like, that's awesome because it's a great fight. Yeah. Um, and it yeah. was. I watched it. It was amazing. Um, so the next one I'm going to go to is uh, the one that I feel like is missing a criteria, but I don't really feel like it's a fault of the scene, um, mm-hmm. which is um, the raid. There's a prison fight scene in the raid. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the thing is, like, I don't really know that this does a whole lot to further the story along. But yeah. that, that's... Well, it's actually, well, it's it's the Raid 2. Yeah, sorry, the Raid 2. I apologize. Yeah, the Raid 2. Um, I don't really know that it do, does a whole lot to, like, further the story along or really tell anything about anybody. But the thing is, is, like, that's not really what these movies are here for. You know what I mean? Right. Like, so it's not really a fault of the scene. It's like, if, because uh, here's the deal. I could have filled fucking a top ten fights list with just different fights in different Raid movies with this dude. Because they're yeah. all fucking great. Um, but there's a couple things in this one, and I think the choreography in this one is, is really fucking good. Um, and, and like, there's, I just think there's a lot about this scene that I really enjoy. Um, so basically it starts, and, and honestly it's been so long since I've watched the movies, like, I don't really remember exactly what is happening in the Raid 2. Like, I, I think he, he gets thrown under the bus by somebody corrupt at the top of the police force, right? right? he's a cop, right? Yeah, he's a cop in Raid 1. And, and then I think they get too close to, to the kingpin and, and, like, revealing, like, corruption in the government, and he gets thrown in prison and framed. I'm right, pretty right. sure. I don't know what he's trying to achieve in this, because I feel like something's trying to be done in this fight scene, because the way it's set up, I just don't remember what what he's trying to do as this fight starts. Mm-hmm. But, and honestly, as much as I said, it doesn't really do a whole lot for the story. That could also just be because I don't remember the story super well. Um... <laughs> You may be like, no, this is integral to the story. And I'd be like, oh, right. shit. Yeah, you're yeah. right. My bad. Um, but anyways, so basically he's in prison. There's about to be a prison riot. You get like five dudes looking mean as shit, mean mugging everybody, walking down this line. And the thing is, it's like um, the best way I can describe it is like an extended baseball dugout that goes around um, the yard. And the yard is just this fucking nasty mud pit, right? Like, it's... Right. Well, it's probably just dirt normally, but it's been raining, and so it's just muddy, nasty shit. So there's, like, a sidewalk all around the outside of it, and everyone's just sitting in a line, basically, like you would sit in a baseball dugout. So anyways, these fucking five dudes mean mugging the shit out of everybody come walking down this line, and then, like, they're, they're about halfway down the line, and one of them fucking pulls out, like, a screwdriver or something. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's clearly a manufactured shank you know like it this is this is things original purpose was not to stab someone but that is its current purpose um Mm -hmm. so he's like walking down and and you see our main character like sitting there with a broom and like the whole time i I can't i can't remember if he's unscrewing the broom from the broom head or if he's like kind of like twisting it back and forth so it'll break off from the broom head but either way it, it pans down he's getting ready to take this fucking handle off the dude gets close he snaps the handle starts beating the shit out of people because it's the raid and he's a fucking G and you know, at a certain point, a big dude grabs him and throws him into the yard. He Mm. lands. It's this giant splash of mud. And that's when things get out of hand because the police or security guards or whatever see now that there's fighting now that someone's been thrown into the yard and they're like, whatever. And they fucking send all the security guards in. You know what I mean? With the, the riot gear, whatever. Right gear and the batons and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So then they're fucking people up. And it, it, there's a lot, 
there's a few cuts, but a lot of it is done. Well, any one take thing still has a bunch of cuts that are just hidden, like extremely yeah. well. You know what I mean? Like a yeah. body moves in front of the camera and they paint the cut like through there. Right. But but either way, like it's shot. And as I think a one two take. of our next and two of our next picks have that. Yep, exactly. That's yeah. exactly what it is. Um, they're they're shot like one takes, and, and and a big section of this is shot in a one take. Um, cause, it, and what I love is that it, especially for this type of movie, like there was one with, uh, there was a, a scene in it, man, that I thought about putting on this list, um, mm-hmm. that I do love. Um, but it's very, like, going up the stairs, right? Uh, nah, in it, man, it's, he's fighting people for bags of rice cause his friend just got killed and he's like in prison and he fucks I think up. Ong Bak. Yeah. You're I thinking of Ong Bak. I know what you're talking about. That one's also legit. Yeah. Um, but anyways, but I was going to use that one for Mint Man, but the thing was is that, like, it, it's a little too clean cut. Um, mm-hmm. And that's one thing I will give the raid action scenes is, like, people are getting fucked up in this scene. And this actually goes into your, which the one I'm hoping you talk, yeah, the next one you're going to talk about is, like, scenes are so much better and more powerful fight scenes when, like, your person's getting fucked up, too. You know what I mean? Like, right, yes, yes. Like, like, mm-hmm. like, the raid, he's getting fucked up. He's getting hurt. People are like not just taking punches; they're getting like legitimately fucked up, and so he's yeah, stabbed like in the legs. Like, yeah. like those shots in the legs. Are, like, he, there's somebody like stabs a dude in the thigh, in the back of yeah. the thigh, and he like twists his leg around the Ugh, leg. Yeah, it's fucking no good. Yeah. Um, and, and it's just like they give extra weight to it, and that's kind of the whole point. And, yeah. and the one that's a little too clean, all the punches like they don't quite feel heavy enough. You know what I mean? Like it's all impressive looking, but like I don't get the feeling that anybody actually got hurt. Right. Right. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is de- that is definitely not the case. In not the this. case in this one. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I, 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 when you were before we recorded this, I, you know, I, I told you that I, I watched the movie years ago, but I watched this scene and the one in a kitchen. Yeah. Uh, you know, from time to time on YouTube because they're so well put together. Right. And I think um, the director, um, his name is it's uh, Gareth Evans, and he did the Raid one and two, and then he did a segment on a show called on a movie called VHS. Yeah. And then he has the show on AMC about, like, London and stuff, and that has some cool fights, too. But I'm still wondering when he's going to get, like, a chance to direct, like, a big Hollywood. A big action. Yeah, a big thing, Hollywood right? action film. Like, he, he, I think he moves the camera better than anybody in action movies. Because it's, it's like, kind of like we were, what I was saying about the zoom in on the punch in the chest in The Matrix. He, like, twists the camera, like, um, uh, um, he, like, twists the camera to, like, emphasize a punch like there's one in, in the raid one where he like punches a guy in the head and he like hits his head on like different lights as his body like slumps down yeah Do you remember that one and like the camera so, yeah. sort of turns with the head punch right um uh but yeah i think I, i'm excited to see what he does and hopefully he gets a big chance to do like something big big mm-hmm. and there's a couple other things so like one thing i that, that about the scene um is that like it does this cool thing where, like, obviously our main character is super proficient in, like, actual, you know, like, martial arts, right? Mm-hmm. Our, this scene still works because there's enough people that are just doing regular fucking me and you fighting in a riot shit. You know what I mean? Like, like, like mud, mud wrestling and, Yeah, like shit. It's like mud wrestling, but then also you get, like, it pans over and one dude just has a shank and is just fucking stabbing a dude over and over. And it's not like, there's no, like... 
he's not hitting like specific artery points. He's just like, nah, I'm just fucking shanking you. And then like right, right. another dude runs by and just hits someone with a baton. You know what I mean? Like another dude is like King Konging somebody with their jaw. Yeah, exactly. Like it's, it's all just like what it, it's not all nice and clean. You know what I right. mean? Like it's, there's some people just actually doing what you would expect in a prison fight. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the one thing I do want to bring up and I never noticed this the first time I watched it, but I, I watched it again today and and I was like, I shot you a text. And I was like, you need to look at this because I have no fucking idea how this happens. It is the least important thing of this fight. It matters none. It's not even somebody getting fucked up. But the moment I saw it, I was like, how is this even humanly possible? They're in this giant mud pit wearing fucking either no shoes or like the most minimum version of what you could call a shoe, right? Mm. This dude goes sprinting through the mud and like, Sorry, another thing about this, I love how it goes from, like, each individual conflict. You know what I mean? Like, it's like mm-hmm. one dude stabs a guy, and, like, another guy is running by to go fuck someone else up, and the camera just picks up, follows that guy to the next fight. You know what I mean? Like, there's no yeah. dull moment to get from each scene, and it's no hard cuts like an Avengers movie. You know what right, I mean? Right, right. Like, we get just enough action to bring us to each spot. But anyways, it lifts up this dude sprinting through the mud, and you see he's sprinting at someone. He hits this dude. The dude standing there... Just, like, takes one step back, turns, and throws the guy that was sprinting into the mud. And what I don't understand is how anyone could ever possibly keep their footing. And I don't Mm -hmm. mean, like, this is, like, this is not me saying, like, oh, there's a plot hole because there's no way. I mean, like, even what are the mechanics at play? How, as a director, could you ever ask someone to do this? Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like, like, I want you to just throw this, dude. And, and like, my answer would be, like, I'm going to slip and fall every time. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and this dude just flawlessly stands with no traction and just throw this dude into the mud after taking full contact. And every time I see it, I'm like, how? How did you even pull this off? Who are you? Are you Derrick Henry? What has happened? Exactly. It's like, how did you survive this? Like, how did you take this? Yeah. Right. Like, it, I was telling my wife about it and I was like, Bas- best case scenario, I would imagine that like you would just grab the guy as he tackled you and, like, fall on top of him as you spun him around. And this dude just stays upright. And I just don't understand the logistics. I don't understand the <laughs> physics at play for this to happen. Mm-hmm. So if you ever watch this, go to that. If anybody listening watches it, just watch the scene. It's, like, six minutes. It's kind of long. But you're going to see a moment where a dude's sprinting through the fucking mud. And you're going to know that the next man is the most immovable object you've ever seen in your life. Like, <laughs> because he... Does not move. <laughs> he is planted into the earth. Um, but anyways, that's it. So if you want to go to your next one. Um, yeah. Yeah, so my next one is also like one that's, I think, it sort of shares a lot of what you said about the prison raid scene where it's like a couple of, I mean, it is, it's it's shaped to be like one super long take, but of course there's cuts in it. But this right. one's more like attempting to be a long take, but it's a lot of what you said. It's like our main character getting hurt and getting punched and getting the shit knocked out of them. Um, but it's the one long fight scene in Atomic Blonde toward mm-hmm. the end. Um, so this one's kind of like a, the movie itself. I think it's directed by David Leach, Leach who is like one of the guys who did dead. Uh, he did, um, John Wick, and I think he did Deadpool 2. Okay. And so he, um, he, the movie itself is like about, it's like a spy thriller, and like most of the plot I think is, I think rather convoluted, which I think is sort of the case with most most spy movies. But toward the end of the movie, um, 
<clears throat> Charlize Theron, who's the main actress in it, she's trying to get this guy out of like a hotel, and there's like these Russian goons trying to stop her. Mm-hmm. And there's like a long take in like a stairwell in this empty hotel where she's like punching these dudes in a stairwell, but then there's like also like gunfight at play, and the scene goes on for I think like almost seven minutes, I think in total. Yeah, and um, it kicks so much ass and it's like a lot of what we said where like the camera moves around it's sort of like this floaty like omnipotent viewer thing where like sort of swings around but there's cuts of course you know like mm-hmm. when she like swings a guy over her shoulder um like his whole body goes like across the camera so there's a cut there and then like the movie the, the camera will pan to one guy and he's like taking a gun out and then it'll pan, pan back, back to her and so obviously in that motion blur there's another cut there's another cut yeah yeah but the whole thing is meant to look like one big long one. like right um but it's it. I mean, even the. I mean, in there's like these long white shots where you see her punching and doing the choreography, and yeah. like she like is kicking ass in it. Um, and it's I actually watched... Charlize there. She's for real. She's the real deal. Holyfield. You know what I mean? Like yeah, the same yeah. way Keanu Reeves is actually doing the shit in John Wick. Like Charlize Theron is usually the one doing the shit. Doing like the movies. the gun reloads yeah. and the the like the knife work and, and stuff yeah, and, she, and she's doing the physical like punching throwing you know what i mean for most of it mm-hmm. obviously if she's getting like launched into a wall it's probably someone else because you just can't risk it but like, right right a lot of the stuff is her you know what i mean yeah and there, i watched one of those um stuntman react videos the quarter uh, crew does yes bro there i was gonna bring up the one thing they talk about in this is it is does it involve stairs Yes, the guy who falls back on the stairs. That is the most intense shit ever, and it's nothing. Just like yeah, my scene it's... is like the guy just standing there throwing him. I'm like, this doesn't make any sense, but it like yeah. doesn't really matter. So go it's ahead and like talk a trust... about it. It's not like a trust. So this, she like stabs this guy a bunch of times, and he's like fucking like all like uh, pale, and he's like Ugh, like bloody and stuff. And he's trying and to he's get like, up the stairs to fuck her up still. <laughs> yeah, he's like Ugh, like sort of like, and she's like okay, and then she's like, all right, ready. And the dude just, like, stops. He's at the top of the stairs, and he just, like, falls back. Like, he just, like, it's all in, like, in the shot. Like, there's no cuts. And he just, like, the dude, the stuntman falls back and just rolls down the stairs. That is... Can you imagine, bro? I I can't trust fall into a pool, bro. Like, it, right. it, like this man trust falls, and not only does he have to trust fall, he has to trust fall past parallel. You know what right. I mean? Like, he's not falling backward. He's not falling backward onto flat ground. He is falling backward and continuing to fall backward onto some fucking stairs, bro. No. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then the whole thing. How many times do you think the dude fucked it up where he was like, he was like 60% of the way and then he was like, and just grab the rails. Right. Like, I can't do and it. You, <laughs> you, your body like does that, like you know, like even in dreams when you're falling, your body does the <laughs> right because you like yes. feel yourself falling back. Yeah. No. Nah, have you ever tried to do a backflip on a trampoline and bail the instant your feet Ooh, are about yes, to come off yes, the trampoline? Yes, because you're, you're like, oh, no, I'm good. Your brain goes, no, don't do that. <laughs> and so yeah, so that dude, that dude is nuts. And then Charlie's is killing it too. And I think um, the thing that they mentioned in the video in that YouTube series is that she has to be much more exact with her punches, right? Yeah. Like, she can't just go haymakers and punches. Like she has to know exactly when to throw, like, her elbows. And she has to, like, because she's smaller than the dudes, she has to, like, know when to, like, punch their throats, when to punch their dicks, like, when to, like, throw, like, elbows. Or, yeah. you know, she can't do, like, punches, punches. She has to do, like, a lot of knees and stuff. And so, yeah. um, and so it, it, the whole movie sort of builds up to this point and the movie's good I, I mean I don't remember really, like I said the movie's a little bit more convoluted just because I don't remember the exact plot points um, but I remember it 
I remember liking it, and I remember like coming out of the scene and being like, that fucking scene, dude. And then ever since then, it's only sort of grown in reputation. Um, so yeah, so that's my, my second one, is The Long Take and Atomic Blonde. You know what's funny is, like, I bet there are a bunch of people that have watched that scene and never, ever thought about how insane it is that that dude falls that way. You know what I mean? Like, right, I, right. I don't know that I would have ever thought about it, but I saw the Stuntman Reacts thing, and the moment he does it, they're all like, oh, my God. And the thing is, it's just a slow fall. But, like, instantly when they were like, oh, my God, I was like, yeah, you're right. What the yeah. fuck? <laughs> it's like the one that they mentioned also, one of, the one from iCarly, where the dude just, like, falls from the ceiling. Yeah. The same episode? Yeah, I think so. And he just, like, falls, like, eight feet. And then, like, the, 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 the actors don't even react, but it's like, no, the dude just straight up just... <laughs> that, that's a hard, bro. It hurt. Like, like, that's the yeah. thing, too, is, like, when you throw someone through something, like, there's all sorts of tricks. Like, like you're when you're being thrown like that, like, you're already in the air, so that you can't, like, fake it. You know what I mean? So, like, it's going to look better. But, like, when you're just falling backwards, like, there's so many ways for you to not sell that right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, you, like... If you're getting thrown, you're in the air regardless, and you're moving at a high rate of speed. So, like, you're going to just try and do everything you can to not get hurt, and it's still going to look good. But, like, yeah. to just slow fall or just, like, fall and hit the ground, like, those are, like, there's a million ways for you to not sell this right, and it looked bad, and you just get hurt for no reason. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. the thing is, is, like, I imagine if that dude falls backwards, bails at 80%, right? Like, he's, like, he's like almost hitting the stairs, and he, like, kind of, like, just turns and tenses. They're like, this looks like shit now, and you're still hurt because you did just fall backwards onto some fucking stairs, and you're going to do it again. So it's like, god damn. (laughs) You know what I mean? So it's just like, that's insane. You know what another one like that for me is? In John Wick, they're in the nightclub, and at one point, they're on the top floor, and they throw what is supposed to be Keanu Reeves off the balcony, Mm. and he just, you get the wide shot, and you just see a person go flying off the, like, upper deck of the club onto like the dance floor mm-hmm. and he just hits the ground super hard and I'm like someone just died like I don't know who whose life insurance you just paid for a stuntman but like yeah there was no way to fake that because we had a whole view from the side the whole time like like That's some dude felt... just got tossed and hit yeah, super shit. hard <laughs> hit him super hard <laughs> uh that's how I felt in the scene from Hot Rod, where he they do the jump of over the motorcycle jump over the truck. Oh, wait, remember that? Wham! And right. the ramp gives way, and he like he like it goes over. He hits the top of the car. He he hits something, and then he just dude like lands like on his neck. Yeah, like, right, like on the like, back of his neck, fuck. and he just drops. I remember watching because that's in the trailer. Yeah. I remember in two thousand seven when that movie came out, and I watched the trailer. I was like. That dude is dead. And yeah. like, how did they do that? Because and, that shit isn't... Cause like, and more I've watched like, those Stuntman Reacts videos, the answer is not, the, he got fucked up. Like, that's the answer. And like, did the, they do that one? I don't have know they if they that did one? that one. But like, when they talk about some of these scenes, people are like, how did he... Like, what happened? And the dude, they're like, oh yeah, no, he broke three ribs and his leg. And, you know, like... They just use that cut because it looks the best, and they're like, it's an unspoken rule for, like, stuntmen. It's like, if I get fucked up in a scene, you better use that take, like, mm-hmm. because I didn't get <laughs> fucked up for nothing. Like, this is going to look good. <laughs> oh, oh, God. So this is going to go into our next one, kind of. Um, but, so, the next, you're, go ahead. You're, it's your last one, right? Yep. My last one is uh, the scene in The Kingsman in the Church. Um, yes. And... 
I love so much about this scene. And and the link I posted doesn't have what happens right before this this starts. So anyway, Samuel Jackson has these um SIM cards in in phones that he's given out for free. He's the villain. Yeah. He has a list for some reason, and I can't come up with, like, there's no way that was in the script because it never even, no one comments on it. It never even becomes a joke. It, it's just yeah. like, his character just has just a like, list. He was just like, fuck it, I'm going to just throw a lisp in there. Like, He's going to throw a lisp, yeah. It's like, um, you know, the Joker doing that lip thing that he does. Yeah. So, so, it's like, okay. Or like, anything that, or, you know, I watched um the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie this weekend. Yeah. Or I rewatched it. And you know, at this point, Captain Jack, if you go like, oh, Captain Jack, right? Mm-hmm. People know what it means and like who he, like his little mannerisms and yeah. his way of talking and his drunken slur thing. But if you think about it, like this wasn't based on anything. So this is entirely new. So that means that, you know, I'm sure it was also in the writers, but I'm sure Johnny Depp was like, just showed up on set and he was like, this is what I'm going to do, this? Yeah, yeah. Look at this thing. Like, and they're like Fuck for it, it works. Disney to be like, sure right it's insane yeah it's like that it's like it's like why do you have a list like, yeah I don't know. you know he showed up and did the first like reading and did the list like cause here's the deal when he read for the part it, there was no way he had the list I, I truly don't believe this and then like he, they showed up they did the first scene he had the list and the directors were looking at each other like what is he doing like <laughs> why is he doing this and then after yeah. it was over he was like you like the list and they're like fuck it i guess like Let's yeah. roll with it. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. But anyways, yeah. so he has these SIM cards he's been given out for free, and I think the idea, this one's a little convoluted, but it's another one where it's like, it's, it's not trying to be anything like special. You know what I mean? It's not trying to hit us with like the super deep, like technical term. You know what I mean? It's just like, nah, this yeah. is, a, it's a villain. It's just like a SIM card that makes you violent. Yeah, it like plays a sound that triggers something in you and makes you violent. And I don't even remember the end, like... That's the means. I don't know what the end was supposed to be exactly. Like I can't remember why he did this. If he was trying to make money somehow, I don't. I don't remember. I think it's supposed to be like a cleansing thing. It's like only the best survive type thing. Oh, it's like the the he he was pissed because people were killing the environment. Okay. And he's trying to like purge like a bunch of people. He's trying to do the thing. And so he right. yeah. And so he put yeah. He's trying to, yeah. He's trying to be the first Thanos, and then he, so he puts the list. Thanos with the list. And And so he puts Colin Firth, who's like a super trained special agent, in this church, which is supposed to be like, um, what's the assholes? The Berm, Uh, the Berm, isn't it like Birmingham or something like that? It's like, um, it's like a town, right? Right. It's like the people that do the signs. They're like like protesting abortions, but also like protesting like shit that's not like they always like you're like protesting abortions. Like I guess it's kind of on brand, but then they're like protesting someone's funeral and you're like what the fuck are you doing <laughs> yeah uh i just googled hateful church wept is baptist yeah westboro baptist that's what that's it is, what it is. Okay. So the westboro baptist church mm-hmm. it's like them so he sticks him in this church full of those people and then he triggers that alarm and it like my this, favorite this... thing is right before it starts right he triggers it and people start to get mad and he starts to get mad because they're mm-hmm. testing the the efficacy of the of the device, like how well does it work? How many people get pissed off? Is it only the people that have the phones with the SIM cards, or is it everyone nearby? Like this is this is just a test run, and they're also mm-hmm. trying to ambush this guy because they know he's going to be a problem with it. You know what I mean? Like I think they it, it's a trap, and and the Kingsmen know it's a trap, but they think they'll be all right because because that's yeah. how I think uh, I can't remember his name now, but that's how he's like able to see through the glasses because they know like they're going to need to be able to see what's going on inside. Right. So anyways, he's in there, and like right when it starts to go off and people are starting to get pissed off, I can't remember what Colin Firth says, but it's something like, I'm about, like, this woman's like, you're a heathen, and he's like, I'm gonna go, like, 
ha- like have gay sex with my black husband, hail Satan. And then like, like the ghost to walk out or something like that. Yeah, and then it triggers the thing yeah. and then he's like yeah. snaps. Yeah, because he's already because it's already the SIM card is already going off. And like people are the rage is starting to build. And so like that's like the first sign where it's like, oh things are going bad. Like he's like like this is affecting him. You know what I mean? Like, right. And yeah, and then and then it kicks off and he's everybody's and then like like similar similar to the last two, there's like this it's supposed to be one long take, but this I think this one much more than um, Atomic Blonde, you can tell where the cuts are. Yeah. Um, but it, it's, it's really weird. sort it's, of... It's, it's more obvious where the cuts are when you're looking for cuts, but I feel like because it moves so fast, and like also the music that's playing is moving fast with it, that like it, it's... it's I didn't notice it the first time I watched it. You know what I mean? Like Because I, I wasn't looking for it. I think if you're looking for them, you can point out exactly where they happen. You know what I mean? And it's pretty obvious, yeah. but I think... It's so fast-paced and, like, you, there's so much, like, what the fuck going on that you're not even looking for? It, you know what I mean? Yeah, and, you know, it's set to Freebird. Yeah, it's set to thing. the guitar solo of Freebird, I think. Yeah, the, yeah, and so, yeah, and so there's, like, like he's, like, flipping dudes and, like, and it, you said you, you were hesitant to put it on the list because it's a lot of gung fu, at least early on, where he's got the guns. He's, yeah. like, shooting dudes. He's, like, headshot, headshot. He's, like, a lot of Yeah, like, and shit. a guy, like, runs up to him and he, like, you know, shoots him up close, spins him around like blocks a punch and shoots someone else. So it's like shoots him in the dick, flips him over, <laughs> shoots him in the head, and yeah. then like, but then he like eventually he I think he, he like loses the gun, and then um, it runs out of ammo, and then he loses it, and then like comes back to him. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like even he's like punching dude. I, I think I think John Wick, I think these do apply because it's still enough. Like even John Wick, where it's you know mo- a lot of guns the whole time. As long as there's enough physicality to it, it's still reads like depending on the physicality and the choreography i think as long as it reads like a fight it, it should still be included you know what i mean yeah. like, like and this one definitely does it's a lot of like rolling to get out of the way which is no different than any other fight when someone has a weapon you know like a hand weapon yeah. or anything like that um but anyway and then when the, go ahead. i mentioned this one before we started recording but my favorite one is when he um he He's like so punches a dude brute. in the back he punches the dude in the back of the, like, I think in the back of his throat or the back, not the back of his, the back of his neck or like his spine, and throws him against the the like. Yeah, the sp- he, I can't. No, I think he like hits him in the gut or something, and he doubles mm-hmm. over, and then he grabs mm-hmm. his shirt like collar and like his belt line basically. Yeah, and then just, and like, like pulls back a little bit, and then like rams him into the fucking po- like the church podium, the and church podium, and he like falls like an accordion, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing. It's the most obviously a dummy thing in the most it doesn't even fucking matter. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, right. it's obviously yeah. not a person when it happens, but it it's still done so well. The whole, like, long take is done so well that, like, it happens. You're like, that's ridiculous. But, like, even in the moment, you're still just like, God damn. Like, like, <laughs> it happens so fast your brain goes, oh, it's crunchy. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. Yo, it's, it's anytime you've ever seen a video of someone, like, falling like on their head and their back like crumples over you know what i'm talking about yeah like or that see... one of that guy who jumped off the top rope remember i sent it to you and his legs go like uh black swan oh yeah oh um that one's terrible bro i wish you'd have never sent me that that shit <laughs> i all right so here's the deal the first time i watched it i was immediately queasy and uncomfortable right and i was like Ugh. i i there's something wrong with me, bro, because I spent the next 45 minutes in bed trying to go to sleep, 
hysterically laughing about that video. I don't know what is wrong with me, but like, it, it's like, it was like a, I wonder if it was almost like a nervous tick, because it's so brutal. It's just like, <laughs> he, my it man. Like, it like flashes back so the, the uh, other way. Yeah, it, and he's like fucking three feet off the ground. How did this happen? Like, it, and he just fucking lands and shit snaps backwards, bro. Mm-hmm. Nah, I like could not stop laughing. I don't know what is wrong <laughs> with me, but I was like, <laughs> like every time I saw it, it just was terrible. But anyways, uh-huh. this dude's shit fucking folds like an accordion. Um, yeah. It's rough. Uh, but, and then like, I don't know why this is so cool to me, but at one point, like, he, he loses the gun or he drops it because it's out of ammo and he's, you know, fighting. At one point, mm-hmm. he gets the gun back. It's still out of ammo. He takes the slide off the top of it and just uses, like, the handle and just fucking jams that shit into someone's throat. And I was like, that's fucking brutal. Like, I, I'm 100% here for it. That's, that's like, utility right there. Mm-hmm. And then, so the scene's great. And then um, they try to recreate something like it in Kingsman 2, and it just doesn't quite... Is it? Are you talking about the it, one in the cab, or no? Uh, I was gonna say. Oh, oh yes, yes. The one. So yeah, the one in the cab is good. I actually forgot about that one. I guess that one does come close. I was thinking about the one at the end where he's they're fighting Pedro Pascal. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. In the uh, like, in the is, shop, like the little yeah. Shop this is clearly trying to yeah. sort of do the first one again. Not quite the same. I need to watch the cab one because I think that one works differently just because it's in so, such an enclosed space. Yeah. Um. Uh, but yeah, yeah. The alley, yeah. the alley. You dunk fucking Pascal into a meat grinder or whatever. Meat grinder, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It doesn't work quite as well. You know what I was really disappointed is there wasn't more Channing Tatum. Like I, I and, really wanted him to be in it more, especially because he was teased in the trailer. Like he was yeah. gonna be a huge deal, and he shows up for like I feel like two scenes, and he's not super I, important in either of them, right? I honestly think that he was supposed to be Pascal's character, and he must have had some sort of commitment or something because i've always heard you know you know anytime that there's a character there's two characters in the movie that could have easily been one they either are a villain or they were put in there because the actor couldn't do it so anytime that there's like two characters that fulfill the same role that are so similar it's like oh that one's a villain or they were you know they couldn't get this guy this thursday so i i always felt or i always assumed that it was supposed to be channing tatum and they just got pascal because they could, he had the time. Yeah, but I really wanted Channing Tatum to be like bigger deal in that because the yeah. little scene he was in he did really well. Mm. Um, but anyways, yeah. So anyways, that scene's fucking great. The scene of the church is just fucking awesome. It it's done extremely well. It's more of, it, it teeters the line between you know just being like a shootout versus an action scene. But I still feel like it reads and feels like like a fight scene. Um, yeah. So that's where I'm gonna put it. It's definitely up there. Um, on my fight scene. So so what's your last fight scene? We know which movie it's from because I started with The Matrix, so you're going to end with yeah. The Matrix. Yeah. So th- my last one um, is uh, Neo versus Agent Smith in the subway. So like I mentioned before, choreographed by Wu Jingping, directed by the Wachowski sisters, um, came out in 1999. And this one is the climactic confrontation between Neo and and the villain agent smith played by hugo weaving and i think i mentioned this one when we've talked about the matrix before i think we've talked about it a lot Mm -hmm. and i think i mentioned this one as sort of being the scene that's like most ingrained into my brain as like a a song where like i remember the beats i remember the moments i remember i think i remember saying that you know when he gets up and he spits the blood 
and then he flexes. And the and dust the, comes off. You're like, that's that movie shit. Yeah, I was like, that's that movie shit when I was six. When like, I, I remember exactly where I was when I watched that. When I watched it, like, I saw it pop up. I was like, okay, yeah, this is the scene. The moment it happened, I was like, this is that shit that ever likes. Like, this is that yeah. movie shit. Because the, yeah, the way that there's like, it's the only light coming in is from behind him. And when he does yeah. that last little, like, the thing is, is he doesn't even do, like, a hard flex. Like, he, he does, like, mm-hmm. a slow movement in this odd stance. And then just at the very end, he does, like, just enough of a, hmm, and like it, like, pop. pops. And, yeah. like, the dust yeah. just, like, whoop, just off of him for a second. And I'm yeah. just like, God, it's so legit. You're right. <laughs> it's so cool. And, and there's, like, a lot of little things like that. Like, uh, you know, when he like um it's like you're empty right and he like looks at the thing and you can see through the agent's sunglasses when he looks up at the gun right like that and then when he they're punching and it does like a close-up and he uh neo i think we talked about this before neo stops the agent's punch and he like flicks out his uh, fingers uh, it's like (laughs) why does that hurt the robot he doesn't need like why does it hurt (laughs) like also i don't think you could choke anybody like that like he acts like he can't breathe for a second it's like i don't know that exactly like just the the like you could definitely chop someone to like get but like just like flicking your four fingers for it i don't know but like and also it's such an overreaction because it's Mm -hmm. not he doesn't just go uh, he's like Like, like, he, like yeah. his whole, like, tongue sticks out. He's like, eh. Like, the moment it happens, it killed me. I forgot all it's about so it until it happened. Um, and then, of course, uh, it's sort of, at, at the end, you know, they fall into the, the train tracks. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he's got him in a chokehold. And then he just, like, jumps up, smashes him to the ceiling. And then he does the backflip out of mm-hmm. it. Um, and just the whole thing is just awesome. And right. I think it, it, it like similar to the the dojo scene it's just got these like long shots where you can see it's hugo weaving and keanu doing the fighting um and and one thing that i think is super cool about uh these scenes in general and and maybe it's maybe it's and it it takes place in all these scenes that we talked about and and i don't know if it's just because they're good or if it's just actions like fighting scenes are a little better about it like hand-to-hand fighting than than others but like i remember watching the stuntmen reacting and they were talking about like lightsaber fights you know what i mean um, and they're like, the reason, like, one of the reasons that sometimes the lightsaber fights don't really read well is because, like, they are swinging at and blocking things that would never even hit the person to begin with. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like, like a lightsaber, he does a swing and the guy's blocking it like super far out from his body. And the answer is like, you kind of do that when you don't have, you know, you're, you're kind of carrying someone through some choreography or, you know, it just, it's, it's, it looks fancy when they do a million twirls. But, like, none of these yeah. were ever going to hit the other guy. And so it's just, like, artificial conflict, basically. Right. But, like, these right. scenes in The Matrix, especially, and with Hugo Weaving and Neo, like, these punches are all straight punches. They're not, like, weep, like super long, winding haymakers that, like, are just getting blocked, like, super far away from the body. You know what I mean? They're all, like, mm-hmm. it's kind of like when you think about, like, if I was trying to, f- if I was in a sword fight and I was trying to fuck someone up, like, I would try to stab them because, like, if I swing, they can block it in any point in the sting, swing. But if I mm. just thrust forward to stab someone, they're going to have to, like, move their whole body or, or, like, bat it out of the way. And it's just yeah. harder to do. And, and I think that happens in all of these scenes where you get, like, all of the fighting is, like, like, Charlie Stern. They're all, like, elbows, super up close, point A to point B. There's no, like, long looping hooks that are getting dodged or rolled under. It's all just, like... 
punched in the chest, grabbed it, like like blocked like directly and and just slipped out of the way a little bit. And none of it, yeah. it all looks more real because of it. You know what I mean? Like these are yeah. all things that would actually fuck you up if you got hit by. Yeah. And I think, and, 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 you know, I, I totally agree in terms of, it's sort of finding this sort of, um, like if you look on a graph, it's like a big X, it's like one line's going up, one line's going down and it's about finding the middle spot where it's like they're choreographed enough that they look cool and it looks like a dance and it's sort of, there's that awesome pitter patter that all fight scenes should, should have. And, but then there's also this sort of like not too choreographed where it loses its weight. And I think on the bottom left or sorry, on the bottom right, it's like a, a saber fight, right? Where it looks just like straight up, like both people have gone choreographed it. But then on the other end is like the fight from like Die Hard at the end of Die Hard where he's fighting Han and not Han, it's Carl. Yeah. Right. Like there's like the emotion is there because he fucking killed his brother and stuff. But the choreographing itself is horrible. Like they're right. just jumping on each other. Right. right just, exactly. like, wailing. <laughs> they're like the fights that you said, you know, that a normal person would have. But there's like no there's no flair there. There's no movie magic. Right. There, right. It's just like two dudes. Like I think at one time he like he throws him on some pipes and then he Bruce Willis just like does like a little like jump in the air and like jumps on him. Yeah. And it, it's it's sort of finding that in between with all of these that I think is why I think these are all six of these are pretty memorable because they just fall right in the middle of like being choreographed and looking movie magic enough that there's like something cool and, and, and you know musical about it, but then also matching it with, you know, intensity, but then not being not losing the tension, not losing the stakes. Right. There's a there's a funny thing in another one of the Stuntman Reacts videos that I learned, um, and you'll see it in the Raid movies a lot, specifically. In a lot of movies like that, like Jackie Chan type movies, they'll do this thing where in between, like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, a piece of action is what I'm going to call it. Like, like, a dude goes to kick me, I grab it, and I throw him out of the way, right? Mm-hmm. Like, in between that, in the Raid, you'll see him do it a lot. He, like, swings both of his arms, kind of like he's, like, like like a wax on wax off type thing real quick yeah. and and the whole purpose of that is just to give like for each person to read each other's beat so like the person that's off screen that's gonna have to come running in like he sees the hands moving and he times his punch so that the guy can naturally like from his hands moving like that just like catch it and then do the next thing you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's just them getting like on the same page and, and if you do it too much or too ridiculously you're like, why would you, like, it just looks stupid. And then if you don't do it at all, it just looks stiff and not good. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, like, yeah. finding the right amount of flair in the middle. Where, like, I'm, like, waving my arms, and it's, like, it's helping the other guy know when to jump in. But from the, like, outsider perspective, it just looks like me getting ready to fight. You know what I mean? Like, like right. but not me, like, telling him, like, all right, now punch me. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. Right. And right. then it's also not just him tackling me while I'm trying to do something else and just, like, a mound of bodies just fucking, like, right. like trying to crawl right. out from each other. Right. Yeah. So, anyways, so was there anything else you wanted to bring up about that, that Matrix scene? No, no, no. I, I think, like, you know, I think it's sort of, like, you know, you and I have been saying, you know, it's like these, these six, I think, sort of match the criteria that I had sort of mentioned, you know, where it like matters, it looks good, but then there's stakes, but then they like are memorable also. Right. right. The other thing is the visuals on all of these are great. You know what I mean? Like, like watching a bunch of dudes in the mud, fuck each other up at a prison scene, like looks cool because that's not something you normally see really like in a, in a martial arts mm-hmm. movie like that. It's yeah. usually in a very clean setting with, you know what I mean? And then like in a gritty movie, like the matrix, to just all of a sudden be in like a dojo wearing a gi you know what i mean and then like 
to be in the subway, you have that movie shit where you pop, the dust pops off, the light comes in perfectly. Like you said, you can see his eyes behind the glasses look. Because, yeah. like, he's sure that Neo's empty, but Neo's like, no, you're also empty, and he didn't know. You know what I mean? Like, he has right. to look at his gun, yeah, like, he's like, fuck. Yeah, you see just, like, the little <laughs> flick of his eyes go, like, oh. Right, and it's that, that's, like, one of those things where it's, like, even though, like, the agent's kind of fucking Neo up the whole time, you're like, Neo is, might have the upper hand, really, you know what I mean? Like, he's obviously catching some things that the agent isn't, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, like, all these little tells that you, like, th- even if your mind doesn't catch that and read into that that way... You, it still happens, you know what I mean? Like, like you still take that as like a ooh, like he had the upper hand, you know what I mean? Or like he, right. he, he, he's figuring out what's going on first, and and it's all great. The same thing with Atomic Bond. I mean, they, they're all solid action scenes. Um, I, I I love all of them. I mean, but that that's that's our three our six action scenes. Um, yep. Some of our best of all time. Obviously, that can change. Um, I, did you have a Kill Bill one on your list at one point? And then change it? I feel like I remember um, seeing it, but maybe not. No. Um, okay. No, I, I just completely forgot about it, honestly. Yeah. There, there was Until a, you mentioned it earlier. There was, there was... Yeah, I was thinking about adding, like, the Kill Bill one, the girl with the chain, the ball and chain. Yes. Um, from Kill Bill... I think that's the second one, right? Uh, the girl with the ball and uh, Kill Bill 1. Okay, it is in 1? Yeah. Okay. But yeah, either way, I mean, there's a lot of good ones, and it could change, but, like, these are so iconic to me. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. the visual effect is what keeps me... Coming back to these. Right. Like, how often do you see, like, a special agent just murder a bunch of fucking people in a church? You know, how right. often do you see... You know, <laughs> it's just, like, it's it's just really solid. How often do you see a man just fucking let his body fall backwards 135 degrees into some fucking stairs? Right. Never. Never. <laughs> or see a dude get turned into an accordion. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> All right, well, let's call that the episode. Sounds um, good. Yeah, if you want to catch me on social media, you can catch me at T Moneybags. Yeah, and I'm at EverCastro92 on Instagram. And uh, I think next week we'll, we'll be talking about Wonder Woman, right? Are you Have you seen it? I, 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 I haven't. You, you had texted me before um, the episode about it, and I, I told you that I was going to watch it after, you know, a couple of days after this recording. And so uh, we didn't get a chance to do it this week, but I'm sure I, I will have watched it by this time next week, so I'll have some thoughts on it. Okay. Um, so yeah, well, uh, well, the thing is, you told me HBO Max cut the free trials out because they knew they didn't want people to do it to watch that they movie. Do it for so, the H- yep, yep. so I may not be watching that movie, but we'll talk uh, about it next week, regardless. Yeah. Um. So if you want to catch the podcast directly, you catch us at Diff Animals Pod on Instagram and Twitter, and or you can email us directly at Different Animals Podcast at Gmail dot com. Um, stay safe, stay entertained, and we will catch you guys next week. See you guys. Peace.